0: Adventist Church, located at 1720 North J Street. Our speaker today is our senior pastor, Dr. Calvin B. Rock. He continues the series, The Fruit of the Spirit, The Fruit of the Spirit. Before he comes to us again, we will have sacred selection by our youth choir, followed by our speaker, Dr. Calvin B. Rock. If you would like a copy of this program, you may call us at 702-647-2627 or join us for a read broadcast at www.abundantlifelv.org. Thank you and God bless.
1: Thank you. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, thank you for these beautiful strains reminding us that you are our maker, you are our God, and we come today calling upon your name. And in the words of the choir, so well done, we praise you, we adore you, And we ask that in these moments that are left, your Holy Spirit will visit us. We know he's here, but we pray that he will fill every corner of this building, every corner of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, choir, and they look especially good today, do they not? We have been studying from the book of Galatians chapter 5 the fruit of the Spirit there are nine elements to this fruit and today we are dealing with the third of the parts of what Paul calls the one flower one bud one fruit that has these nine divisions and if you want to and I hope you have your Bible with you please turn with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5 and I will read again verses 22 and 23 but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace and we've talked about love we've talked about joy Today, we're going to deal with part number three, element number three of this flower of fruit, which is peace. Now, when Paul talks about peace here in Galatians chapter 5, he is wishing upon us, praying for God's people something very very special in terms of all the christian virtues and blessings and how do i know i know because peace is mentioned in the word of god over three hundred and fifty times in fact very close to four hundred times the bible through the old and new testament talks about the blessings and the nature of peace. So it must be important this peace. The Bible tells us to seek peace, Psalm 34. to speak peace, Psalm 85. To love peace, Zechariah 8:19, to live in peace, second Corinthians 13:11. And on and on, to look for peace, Jeremiah, to work for peace, Isaiah, to walk in peace, Malachi, to pursue peace. Psalm 34, to pray for peace. Psalm 120, to preach peace, to publish peace, to proclaim peace, to make peace, to follow peace, to know peace, to have peace, to desire peace, to delight in peace, to give peace, to ordain peace, to execute peace, to extend peace, to be found in peace. We are called to peace, 1 Corinthians 7.15, and told to be at peace, Job 22. Obviously, for the Bible to talk about peace this way, and so many other references, means that peace presented here is a major and critical component of the Christian life. But back to the question, exactly what does it mean? Let's take a look. First of all, in the book of Mark, chapter 5. Mark, chapter 5. And let's let the Bible speak for itself. And let's see exactly how this piece is defined in practical experience. Mark, chapter 5, verse 34 reads In fact, let's begin to get the whole story. Let's begin, verse 27. And when she, the woman with the issue, heard about Jesus she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment for she said if only I touch his clothes I shall be made well immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him turned around on the crowd and said who touched my clothes but his disciples said to him you see the multitude thronging you and you say who touched me and he looked around to see her who had done this thing but the woman fearing and trembling knowing what had happened to her came and fell down notice the woman fearing and trembling came and fell down and told him the whole truth and he said to her daughter your faith has made you whole go in peace and be healed of your affliction spotlight number one determines that when the Bible talks about our having peace it is talking about our freedom from fear the woman was afraid ashamed scared feared to be identified but when Jesus addressed her and she saw his loving eyes and heard his warm invitational voice, she lost her fear, and Jesus said, Now, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Fear or worry, fear of failure, fear of criticism, fear of others. Even fear of death is crippling and restricting to the attitude or the mindset of peace. Fear wipes out optimism. Fear destroys joy. Fear actually anatomically, biologically, fear pumps crippling enzymes into the blood. Fear will restrict your blood vessels fear will destroy your nervous system the Bible tells us in fact that in the last days there would be men whose hearts would fail them for fear but fear or freedom from fear is not the only spotlight that that is placed upon this word in the scriptures over in the book of Joshua chapter 9 there's another reason for the lack of peace one is fear of whatever it may be that's troubling or bothering us but look at the book of Joshua chapter 9 and read with me verses 15 through 17 which say so Joshua made peace with them speaking of these these heathen in the country through which he was traveling and made a covenant with them to let them live and the rulers of the congregation swore to them and it appeared at the end of three days that they made a covenant with them that they heard that they were neighbors who had dwelt with them and verse 15 so joshua made peace with them and made a covenant peace does not exist where conflict or tension is present we cannot have peace in our hearts when we are afraid for some reason we cannot have peace in our hearts when there is tension or negative relationships or negative feelings about situations or conditions around us negative feelings about others be it your spouse or your children or your workmate or anybody or anything is destructive to peace conflict in the heart makes you bitter it makes you sour it puts a blanket on your joy it will destroy your spiritual peace you cannot have peace when you are afraid even afraid to die you cannot have peace when you walk through life in fear and you cannot have peace when you walk in conflict. But there's one more. One more poisonous element to peace that I want you to note. And this is in the book of Luke chapter 7 verse 50. We are now talking about what peace means and how we define real peace. First of all it's freedom from fear. Secondly, is freedom from conflict. Now, look at this, Luke seven verse fifty. Then he said to the woman, and this is the woman who had anointed his feet. This is Mary, who Ellen White says was a promiscuous woman in the house of Simon, and when she let her hair down and took oil and bathed the master's feet, Simon. Who had been with her in adultery criticized her she was looking for relief she was guilty she realized that she had lived an unclean life and she had found in Jesus The presence and persona of love, not physical love and ravishing her body, but love for her soul and salvation. And when she felt it, she fell on her knees and washed his feet and took her hair and dried them and was criticized by the others. But Jesus said to her, your faith has made you whole, woman. Go in peace and for the first time she, Mary, knew freedom from guilt freedom from fear freedom from conflict and freedom from guilt guilt is a sure downer of the spirits guilt will stifle your energy guilt will restrain your joy guilt will narrow your range and your outlook and your ambitions guilt is a drag upon your energies and as long as we are guilty and we haven't confessed our sins as long as guilt and the knowledge of unconfessed evil is in our souls we cannot have peace so when the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love joy and peace it's talking about a state of mind, a condition of the heart. It's talking about a, an attitude that is free from fear and worry, free from conflict with one another in the home or the church or anywhere else, and free from guilt of sins that we have confessed or have not confessed and laid at the foot of the cross. In other words, Peace is a condition of tranquility, a state of calm amidst the storms of life that allows us to proceed with wholeness of our internal mechanisms, nothing that is destroying our inner, Personal internal individual psyche no conflict no argument inside at peace because everything is complete and whole and at peace with one another so that even if we disagree we are still agreeable the reason some folk don't have peace is because they don't know how to be agreeable even when they disagree but do you know you can disagree and still be at peace you don't have to dislike somebody because you don't agree when God made the world when God made this planet he put us in a garden of peace peace with nature peace with the animals Peace with each other and peace with him. But sin destroyed all that relationship. When we live in a world festering with wars and with conflict, with guilt and with worry in the hearts, in the homes, in the neighborhoods, in our schools, they're crying peace and peace safety but there is no peace and all about us in society and we hear it every day and in this election cycle it's just 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 knee deep in fact chin deep in fact over our heads with conflict and worry and trouble the stock market and all the shenanigans of the parties and all the promises that we know can never be fulfilled And we're looking out through the lens of our lives into the world of chaos and trouble. They say that in the United States there are nearly a million people whose minds are deranged who are walking around outside here uh, in the streets. No peace. They've been destroyed by their debauchery, by, by their intemperance or maybe some of them by some in some chemical imbalance but but the the institutions can not hold them all the violent ones are locked up behind some stone walls somewhere but most people they say are are who are outside are either psychotic or neurotic because they haven't found peace you know what the psychotic is don't you the psychotic says that two and two is five and he's very very sure the neurotic says two and two is four but it's worrying him to death <laughs> and we've got a world filled with psychotics and neurotics. and if you don't believe it just drive around you don't have to go very far just just get in your car after church and go right right down there go down D street In fact, you might not have to go to D Street. Just go around the corner, and if that doesn't suit you, go up on 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 El Capitan or over there, near where I live, and see that fellow out there with that. Have you ever seen him? Yeah. We're living in a disturbed world, a world without peace. The wicked, the Bible says, are like a troubled sea. And if we're not careful, even we who believe in God, even we who are members of the household of faith can be guilty of not having peace. Even those of us who know him must be sure because the Bible says in Hebrews twelve fourteen that we should pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. It's absolutely critical that you and I be people of peace, people of peace. Even though the world is boiling and fermenting all around us, we must have peace inside our hearts, peace in our homes, peace in the church, peace wherever we go. Even in the midst of the storm, we are couriers and models and examples of peace. But how do we do it? we can't buy peace there's no such thing as a peace pill there's some pills that'll make you think you're at peace but when you come down you're worse than ever you can't manufacture peace the only way to find peace is in is outlined in the Word of God I'm talking about real peace I don't mean temporary peace that blocks out the trouble I don't mean anesthetizing yourself against the problem I'm talking about peace real peace lasting peace that makes you a peaceful person so that when people look at you they know you've got peace you know you can look at some folk and tell they don't have peace a peaceful Christian shows it in her face in his face And it's in the voice it's in your gestures when you're at peace and we need it We've got to have it without it. We cannot see God But how do we get it? Well, let's look First of all Romans the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 6 and notice what the Bible has to say For to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace solution number one to getting this peace that the spirit brings is to be spiritually minded Uh uh-huh what does that mean it means that we are focused we are prioritizing spiritually not only two ways to prioritize brothers and sisters you can prioritize carnally which is the world and that's Hollywood that's movies that's certain kind of reading that's certain kind of music that certain kind of dress you 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 can prioritize by the standards and the principles of the world but that will not give you peace To be spiritually minded, Paul says to the church at Rome and to you and me, is to find peace. That's the only way you're going to find it. It means that you've got to put everything in on that one endeavor. All in one basket. You've got to take your foot out of the world and get in the basket of spirituality and be grounded and decide that you're on God's side. It's the only way you're going to have peace. There's no peace in football. In fact, that's hell. Right. Breaking their ankles every, you know, breaking their backs, breaking their necks, trying to kill each other. I'm not saying you can't take a peek once in a while, but, <laughs> but, but you, you can't sit there and be grounded on, on kickboxing when you ought to be at prayer meeting. Mm hmm. You can't be grounded and locked in and loaded and drawn to and immersed in things of this world and have peace. The devil has arranged all that foolishness to take away your peace. To get you all excited and get your nerves on edge and get you all 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 upset and disturbed the devil has got it all out there and the way of the carnal world is death and it is not life and peace and God says if you want to have peace be spiritually minded number one but then there's another way another way in addition to prioritizing spiritually look at the book of Isaiah Chapter 32, verse 17. Isaiah 32, 17 says, the work of righteousness will be peace. The work of righteousness will be peace. Alright? So there's something about work here. And let's back it up at the book of Romans, chapter 2, verse 10, which reminds us again that everyone who works. Everyone but glory and honor and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first and also to the Greek Now what does that mean? That means that finding peace in our hearts, this peace Paul is talking about in Galatians Is not just a matter of prayer And focus on spiritual items It's not just prioritizing In terms of I love the Lord It means you got to get up And do something The Bible says The work of righteousness You've got to do good If you really want to have peace Then you find out what it means To help other people Peace is not found In raking in all you can get Get all you can and can all you get. That doesn't make for peace. Doesn't make for peace. The rich man is not the one who has the most, but the one who needs the least. Peace is a matter of doing good to others. God made us that way. And when we help others and see others, young people especially, those going to school, church school here and going away, taking a young life and helping to mold that individual for the future, helping the poor, the sick, the blind, whoever it is, the homeless, and as the Bible admonishes in so many places, the widows and the orphans, when we help others, that's when we have satisfaction and peace. It's not when we are accumulating for ourselves. but that isn't all the Bible tells us another way we do good that makes for peace and is found in the book of Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9 a part of the Beatitudes and here's what the Bible says blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God another way we do good to make peace is to be peacemakers and what does it mean to be a peacemaker? Well, first of all, being a peacemaker means that we do not put wood on the fire. Did you read that one over in Proverbs twenty-six twenty? Solomon says, where there is no wood, the fire goeth out. where there is no word to fire. You know what that means? That means when you know two people are having problems don't pile up something on the other fella's plate to make him angry at the first one. All I, right. I was a part of a conversation the other day and I know something about the person who was talking to me. I know something that the person they were talking about had said to me about her the person that this felt this woman was talking about was the object of criticism from another woman that I had heard some pretty serious kinds of things and she was telling me about the other one and I was tempted to say well you know you don't know Then I said, no, I'm not going to say it. And I held my peace. And the Bible says we ought to learn to hold our peace. And you know what holding your peace means? It means shut up and keep quiet. And don't put wood on the fire. The fire is already smoldering and you're going to put more wood on it and then, you know, doing good means be a peacemaker yeah. don't make it worse the classic example of that one of the classic examples is in the Bible in 1st Samuel chapter 25 where the story you have the example of David and Nabal and Abigail I don't have time to go through the whole thing but Samuel had died and David was busy at the funeral and his men went to a fellow named Nabal Uh, You read when you go home, 1 Samuel 25, who was a big landowner, and David's soldiers asked Nabal for some food because David's soldiers had been protecting Nabal from his enemies, and they had run out of food. So now they went to Nabal and said, Brother Nabal, Mr. Nabal, uh, can we have some food? And Nabal said, Who is this David? I don't know him. Get him out of my way. And When his soldiers came back and told David David told his soldiers arm yourselves and go kill that crazy man (laughs) Go kill him all I've done for him. You go get him David's David's warrior blood rose up and Some of the men told Abigail who was Nabal's wife what David was about to do and you know what Abigail did How many remember you remember what she did? Yeah, she went and got a lot of food and drink and loaded up some donkeys and she went running back to David and fell on her knees and said, Oh, David, my Lord, please. And she didn't even tell Abigail what David was going to do. Now, she'd gone back and said, Listen, Nabal, you know what David's going to do? He's going to come in here and kill you, you, you fool, and you, you see what you did and, you know, get your army together. They would have all been wiped out. But... And Ellen White comments on it very beautifully in this book, Patriots and Prophets. Would that there were many more like this woman of Israel who would soothe the irritated feelings, prevent rash impulses, and quell evils by words of calm and well directed wisdom. Wouldn't that be nice? If we all had calm and well directed wisdom with which we could cool and calm the storm not put wood on the fire a consecrated christian life is ever shedding light and comfort and peace it is characterized by purity Tact, simplicity and usefulness it is controlled by that unselfish love that sanctifies influence It is full of Christ and leaves a track of light wherever its possessor may go Abigail was a wise reprover and counselor Wouldn't it be nice if we were all leaving trails of light and peace And we can do it but we can't put wood on the fire Another thing that Will help us find and do peacefully. We must, according to the Book of Romans, chapter twelve, verse eighteen, and this tack is 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 something we all also need to try more than we do. We read Romans twelve eighteen. Well, let's read seventeen and eighteen. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. In other words, look for the best in other people. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And you know what that means? That means that you and I will observe Solomon's wisdom when he said, A soft answer turneth away wrath. Live peaceably. Agree with thine adversary while you don't have to win all the time. I'm so glad. I had an aunt who told me when I was a little boy coming up and I was getting awards here and there for doing everything. She she looked at me and she felt sorry for me. She said Calvin you're not going to win all the time. I'm so glad she told me that. You don't win all the time and you don't have to win all the time. So what's wrong with our homes? Why we don't have enough peace? And by the way, you can't have peace in abundant life when you have hell all week at home. You can't come in here, you've been fighting and fussing and and knocking each other verbally and otherwise and then walking there saying, what a fellowship, what a joy divine. Peace starts at home and my wife is with our children in Washington this week so I can talk big and bad let me tell you how I have peace I have peace by saying I I used to have peace by saying yes dear yes dear yes dear yeah yeah yes dear I thought that was peace I get out of it yes did you do do, do? this yes dear yes dear But after a while she said, stop saying yes, dear, you don't mean it. I said, yes, dear, that's right, I don't mean it. And then I had to catch myself. But I got a new one now. I got a new one. I have peace, <laughs> Eric. You can use this. My peace comes from saying, as far as I know. <laughs> she says, are you going to fill up the gas tank and are you going to wash the car? As far as I know, <laughs> try it. Try it. Are you gonna do it? Far as I know. And she hadn't found out how to answer that yet, so I'm, I'm, it's a very peaceful move. But somewhere or the other, we have to have peace. We just can't sit there and argue with each other and fuss and fight. Somebody's gotta be humble enough to say, I'm sorry. Somebody's got to be humble enough to say, forgive me. Somebody's got to be humble enough to say, I won't do it again. Somebody's got to be humble enough to make peace and to give a soft answer. And when the Bible says we have to do good, it's talking about not putting wood on the fire. And it's talking about living as far as possible. Now I know there comes a time when you have to stand up. And when you have to speak your peace, you can't just keep holding it. you got to say something or folk will run over you. You know that, don't you? And you can't make peace by compromise. Some folk try to make peace by denying. They stick their head in the sand and say there's no problem. You won't have peace that way. It only makes your emotional stress worse. Some folk try to make peace by delaying addressing the problem. Well, you keep delaying the problem, it just grows bigger and bigger. And down the line, you'll never be able to handle it. Other people try to make peace by compromise. In other words, and this is true with a lot of parents. They know their children shouldn't go there. They know they shouldn't eat or dress or do whatever it is that the Bible says. But they compromise. You cannot have peace by compromise. You can't, you can't, you can't give in on principle. Now, it's true, sometimes you have to choose the lesser of the evils. Sometimes there's no good option. I've been in, in situations when I worked at Oakwood many times. And I'll come back to what I was about to say about the family. But I worked many times when a parent would come at the end of the school year and say, Mr. President, my child finished this course. I paid all this tuition. I did this. I sent my child here. And now my child can't graduate because that mean teacher won't give her, him a grade. And what are you going to do about it? And I have to make decisions and there and there was no good decision one decision was the child flunked so just let her flunk she earned the flunk so now she's gone but that's not a good consequence all that tuition gone to waste another solution would be to have the teacher change the grade but that's not a good solution then I lose the respect of all the faculty and another solution would be to ask the teacher to have mercy and give them some extra work to make it up, Amen. and that's not a happy solution, but uh, it's a solution, yes. and it's going to make the teacher work a little hard. You're not paying the teacher any extra. Teacher doesn't like it. Other students are going to see it and say, "Well, I want to do it." So none of these solutions is good. So I had to take the lesser of the evils, and which one do you think I chose? Not going to tell you right now. (laughs) But I had and you would have had to make similar choices. And every day we run into situations where we don't have black and white in order to make peace. We have to choose the lesser of the evil and take the best amount of peace we could have. And I say I wouldn't tell you, but obviously it would have been the latter choice. I would rather risk making a teacher feel bad for working extra hard than have the parent lose the money and the student be embarrassed or have the parent or have its teacher change the grade. So you have to choose the lesser of the evil sometimes. But compromise is different. Compromise is when you give up on principle. Compromise is when you know that you are yielding to evil And you move toward evil And you're thinking evil is meeting you halfway But a little evil and a little good is all evil in God's sight And we should never compromise And family, let me remind you fathers and mothers about Elisha The Bible tells us that Elijah was a man of war Elijah was a warrior. He was a man with sword and and flaming words, but Elisha had a soft personality. Elisha was cool. Elisha was suave. Elisha didn't make waves. And the Bible says of Elisha, he was, and this is Ellen White commenting on it, this time Prophets and Kings, page 235, a man with a peaceful mission. And he found it necessary even as a man of peace to finally do something rather rash and when those little children came out of the came and made fun of him and say go up thou bald head you remember what happened you remember what happened bears came out of the woods and ate them up and listen to what ellen white has to say even kindness has its limits did you know kindness has its limits yeah there are times when you have to have authority and firm severity or it will be received kindness with mockery and contempt. The so-called tenderness and coaxing and indulgence used toward youth by parents and guardians is one of the worst evils which can come upon them. In every family, firmness, decision, positive requirements are essential. Well, you've got to have peace but it must be peace in the right way and it must be peace according to principle so that Jesus himself said I didn't come to make peace I came with a sword. And what he meant was, you don't give up on principle. And if you preach the truth and do what's right, you're going to make some folk unhappy and you're going to destroy their peace. First of all, the gospel destroys our peace. It destroys our peace by taking away our old habits, by breaking down our old addictions. The, the gospel, according to Matthew chapter 11, is a violent gospel. It comes with a hard impact. Because Because it tears away our idols, the things we love. The gospel makes war in our members, but that war takes away the dross and it refines us. The furnace of heat and fire melts out all of the extraneous materials so God can make a diamond. But you and I will find that in the process, He gives peace. And we shouldn't be surprised because he is the God of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And when we surrender all, when we are spiritually minded, when we are spirit led, when we are doing good, when we are peacemakers, when we refuse to compromise, when we speak the truth in love and we are shafts and we are spheres and lights and trails of peace you and I will find a lot of wonderful results and the what end of all of this is given us in Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 and here the apostle Paul once again defining in a very specific way be anxious for nothing Philippians 4 6 and 7, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be known to God and the peace of God that surpasseth what? Oh. You can't explain it You can't explain how you can come to die. I had a good friend whose name was Bra- Bracebridge Bud Bracebridge Bud was the head of all chaplains in the, whole, in the whole Seventh-day Adventist Church around the world. He was head of chaplaincy ministry and Bud contracted cancer. I was his chairman and he and I worked closely together but when he came finally to die big tall man six foot six or so robust man when Bud came to die they called me, I was at home after church, and said, if you want to see Bud alive, hurry. I went down to Washington Hospital, and when I walked in the door, Bud, who had shrunk to a little little skeleton of a man now, leaned up in the bed, and he was heaving into some receptacle. His eyes were big, and his face was sunken in, and he saw me come in the room where his wife and a few others were gathered, and he looked at me and said, hi, Cal. Hi, Cal and we joined hands around his bed and began to sing and he talked less and less and within 30 minutes he was gone he was gone but I am I'll never forget the peace he wasn't cursing God he wasn't railing against nature he wasn't blaming bad luck peace that passeth all understanding peace that the world can't explain. And Psalm 119.165 says it another way. Psalm 1:19:165 says great peace have they which do what? And what? Nothing shall offend them. When you are spiritually minded, when you make up your mind to prioritize by God's word and not the world, when we do good to make peace with others, we have peace which passeth all understanding and we have great peace because we love the Lord our God and nothing will offend you. Have mercy. Nobody can hurt your feelings problem with us is we have such a little peace that the least little thing is said, we get hurt. When God gives us his peace, nothing can offend us. You can't hurt me. I can't hurt you. you. We don't have grudges. We don't have bad feelings. We don't have crushed, crushed spirits. Nothing can offend us. And one version says we can have nothing that makes us stumble. You can't get be discouraged. You can't be run out of the church. What is this kind of thing? I'm not going back there anymore. Because the usher told me I couldn't sit there. What kind of peace do you have? I'm not going back out there because those folk didn't shake my hand. I'm not going back. They didn't elect me to an office. They took it away, gave it to somebody. I'm, I quit. Oh, no great peace have they which love thy law and nothing will make them stumble you can't run them out to work on the Sabbath you can't run them out back into the world nothing shall offend them and finally the same book or the prior book of Isaiah chapter 26 verse 23 another outstanding and classic scripture on this subject of peace that we're dealing with today Isaiah 26:3. you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you under pressure when the way gets tough when all the burdens appalling pouring in God says I will keep you in Perfect peace You and I can be Tranquil and be happy And we will have better health When you are Peaceful Your nerves will be better Your blood Vessels will stay larger So the blood can flow through More freely When you are peaceful Alzheimer's will be delayed A little longer Yeah, When you are peaceful, your systems all function better, your digestion is better, so your body gets more nutrition. When you are peaceful, you breathe easier, so your brain gets more oxygen, so you can think better. When you are peaceful, you sleep better. When you are peaceful, people want to be around you more so the benefits of this peace however should not be surprising because after all God is the author of our peace all peace comes from him Satan is the fountain of fear the champion of conflict the God of guilt and the only way to have real peace as Job 22:21 21 tells us is to know him who is the Prince of Peace Isaiah tells us he came to the earth to bring peace he saw our confusion, our conflict, our trials, our troubles. He looked down from the heaven of peace to this hopeless, helpless condition in which we are living. And he came to the Garden of Eden and he made a covenant of peace with Adam and Eve. And he said, I have Come when he made his appearance to bring peace In fact when he came from glory And parachuted behind the enemy lines The babe in Bethlehem Was serenaded by angels Who said peace on earth goodwill to all men And all through his life He modeled peace At age 12 when his parents lost him in the temple, they became frantic and frustrated. But when they found him, he was at peace. And he said, What are you folk worried about? Don't you want me to be about my father's business? And then he went through the wilderness, and the devil pounded him, not once, not twice, but three times. The devil tried to get him to compromise. The devil said you don't have to go to the cross just bow down and worship me and it's all over But he had fasted 40 days and nights and his mind was very clear so he was at peace And he could say get thee behind me Satan it is written When he went to the wedding ceremony and performed his first miracle remember the wedding at Cana All the people were excited we run out of wine There's no wine. What are we going to do? The party has been ruined because there's nothing left to drink. They turned to the Prince of Peace. And he performed his first miracle to make peace in an unhappy, embarrassing situation. When the demons attacked him, when he was casting them out and they insulted him and called him bad names. He peacefully listened, understanding the condition of humanity. And said, come out of him. And in his voice of authority, he cast out demons. And in the garden, when the multitude came to get him, Peter pulled off his sword, cut off the high priest servant's ear, ready to fight he was armed and ready Jesus said don't do that he took the man's ear put it back on his face and the man of peace was shackled and taken off to his trials and there before the Sanhedrin and the high priest they railed at him they spit on him they slapped him they made fun of him put a blindfold on him and hit him and said now Come on, prophet, who hit you? But he was at peace. And he held his peace. And he never said a mumbling word. I talked to somebody the other day who said he used to work at a slaughterhouse where they killed pigs and cows and lambs. And they would take a live pig and put him or it on the rack down toward the slaughter point and the pig would be hanging by a leg or two legs and squealing and squawking and making all kind of noise until the till the knife hit the jugular vein and the blood gushed and the body went limp and they put cows on that rack and the cows would start moaning and groaning and kicking and, and wiggling all the way down till the knife struck but when they put the lambs on the track the track moved the lamb right on down to the slaughter point, And the lambs, the sheep, never said a word. The sheep went to death quietly. Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And when they put him in the grave, he was at last at peace. After a lifetime of trouble. All these people trying to trap him. You think Obama's in trouble. Oh everybody's watching every little word. Have you noticed? Every little word the brother says. They, they make a big deal out of it. But you should, you should read about Jesus again. This Pharisees tracked him all his life. And finally in the grave. He found peace. But when he awakened in triumph. He went back to his disciples just before he left. He said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. And when he came back to life, he made his first appearance and he said to them, peace. Do you need some of that peace today? Do you want to increase? Maybe you've got it, but would you like what Jeremiah calls an abundance of peace? a peace that nothing can disturb no one can disturb if so would you stand with me as we pray and let's ask God to fulfill that vision and fulfill that peace in our lives Heavenly Father give us love give us joy and give us peace give us peace in our hearts so we can have peace in our homes so we can have peace on our jobs so we can have peace in our neighborhoods, so we can have peace in our schools, so we can have peace in our church, and help it to start with me, dear God, to start with me, and may it spread throughout the pastorate, and the elders, and the deacons, and the deaconesses, and the ushers, and the membership, may we all be couriers of peace, and one day when Jesus comes again, may we have The privilege of being taken to the land of eternal peace, where the lion shall lie down with the lamb, and we shall beat our spears and our pruning hooks into instruments of peace. And while you're standing with your heads bowed and eyes closed, please let's go home and have peace in our families. If you have trouble with your family, brother, sister, try to have peace husbands, I'm talking to you first. You are most of all responsible if there's no peace in your home. You are number one responsible to try to make it work. God is calling on you to make peace in your family. But whatever the cause, whatever the need, Father, give us that peace. And while we are standing and praying, I'm asking that the doors of the church be open then if you're here and you're not already a member and you haven't already held up your hand for membership you do so now who is here who has not already said yes i want to be a full fledged sabbath keeper and follow god all the way i want to be a member of this church would you raise your hand right where you are we welcome you god bless you all right you see that hand sister thank you hold it up again my brother he sees you she sees you who else not already a member but you want to be a part of a people of peace. God sees you young lady. All right. Thanks pastor Make sure we get that hand raise your hand again young lady. I want to find you right here. Yes. All right there We are she's going to find who else Just pray don't need to look around just pray wherever you are the spirit of God is working bringing peace Coming out of the world with all of his trouble finding full peace with Jesus who else How many of you know what i've been talking about today and you want to thank god that he's already given you peace from what you used to be has god given you peace from what you used to be well let me hear you say amen, amen. you want god to continue that peace in your life let me hear you say hallelujah. hallelujah oh father thank you may your word be a seed in good soil now give us peace everlasting peace we ask in jesus name that all the people say Amen. Amen. Shall we be seated? Just as a reminder, nominating committee meeting members meet with